0: Welcome to The Hoop Commitment. I'm your host, Mike Nielsen. Join me every week to get inside the greatest minds in basketball nutrition, training, and leadership to elevate your game and improve the way you eat, train, and lead. Welcome to episode four. Before we get going, I want to say a big thank you to all my friends Family, everyone that subscribed and rated the podcast. It really, really means a lot. Especially coming from you guys because you helped me get to where I am today. I think back to being a young strength coach and you make a lot of mistakes. Because not only is there a lot to learn about strength, conditioning, mobility, injury prevention. But you have to learn it for multiple sports. Because training a golfer for conditioning is a lot different than training a cross country athlete. And training a cross-country athlete for strength is a lot different than training a basketball player. Each sport has its unique movement patterns, energy requirements, and even language and culture. And so I think back to the year 2000, my first year as a strength coach at Gonzaga. And I want to give a big thanks to our athletic director, Mike Roth, and our head athletic trainer back then, Steve DeLong, for giving me a shot when I probably wasn't the most qualified person on paper. But that's the kind of place Gonzaga is. They really believe and invest in people. And now you fast forward 20 years, and I'm so lucky that I get to do basketball strength and conditioning full time. Because it is really difficult to be a great coach at multiple sports. I think about one of my mentors, John Wooden, who won 10 national championships at UCLA, seven in a row. And I wonder if he would have had that same success if he was coaching football or volleyball. And I don't think so. Not at least at the Division I or professional level. Because at that level, you have to understand the small nuances and intricacies that only come with 10,000 hours and a passion for the game. And it's just too difficult and time-consuming to do that with multiple sports. Just keeping up with nutrition, training, and leadership for basketball is a full-time job. Especially now with the internet and social media where you can see what all these other great strength coaches and nutritionists and leaders are doing with their programs. It's overwhelming to see all the great information out there. And so what I've been doing the last 20 years is trying to find the simple side of complexity. Meaning, if I truly understand something, can I break it down and make it simple? And so to do that, I've used the power of three to organize my thoughts. And if you know me, you know I love the number three. I think it's really a magical number here on planet Earth. Think about it. The tripod is the most stable structure. If you take away one leg, it becomes unstable. But if you add a fourth leg, you add complexity without adding equal value. You see, three is the simplest form of complexity. And we see it everywhere in nature. Look around you. Every color that you see is made of just three primary colors. Red, yellow, and blue. Three colors make up every color that we see on planet Earth. Not two, not four. And in my world the strength training, there's only three planes of motion that make up every movement that we do on the basketball court. We can move in the sagittal plane, which is front to back. We can move in the frontal plane, which is side to side, or we can move in the transverse plane, which is rotation. And every joint, every muscle in the human body moves in all three planes of motion. And this is a really important concept to think about because when we look at traditional weight training, we see people lunging in the sagittal plane, forward and back, or crunching in the sagittal plane, or curling, or pressing, or rowing. All of them are sagittal plane motions. But then we look at the demands of basketball. And so much of it is lateral when we're shuffling or rotating when I'm doing a live ball move. And then we look at injuries. Nobody sprains an ankle in the sagittal plane. We sprain it in the frontal plane. And you don't tear an ACL in the sagittal plane. We do that in the transverse plane with rotation. And so if sports performance and basketball are happening in the frontal and transverse plane. And injuries are happening in the frontal and transverse plane. We gotta make sure that our basketball training program is including those movements to stress the muscles, tendons, and bones to make them more durable in those planes. Matter of fact, if you're just doing front to back sagittal plane exercises, I think you might be setting yourself up for injuries because the faster you can move in the sagittal plane, the more you're gonna have to decelerate that movement in the frontal and transverse plane. And if you haven't consistently stressed those movement patterns in the weight room, I think your body's going to be in for a big shock when it hits the basketball court. And so you can see, three is the simplest form of complexity. And the most time-tested power of three is the mind-body-spirit. We all know that we have a mind and a brain. And we all know that we have a body. And all of us intuitively know that we have this unique spirit about us that we can't truly define. And so using the power of three, I've created the three levels of basketball nutrition, the three levels of basketball training, and the three levels of basketball leadership. And if nothing else, having the framework of the three levels has been so helpful for me. So when I go to conferences or read research articles, I have a place to put all that new information And so when we talk about basketball strength and conditioning, when we think about basketball training, my mind goes to, if I truly understand this, how can I make it really simple? How can I break it down into three core things? And at the heart of it all, it is really simple. My job as a basketball strength coach is to help players get better at basketball. It's really to help them improve the way they drive, defend, and dominate their space. Now, as a strength coach, of course I want to get my athletes stronger. But if I take someone's squat from 300 to 400 pounds and I want to pat myself on the back, I better look and say, is that extra strength actually helping or even hurting the player on the court? We have to keep coming back to that anchor, that principle of, is the training making them better basketball players? Players only have so much energy to spend every day. And if they're wasting it on training movement qualities that don't translate to the court, that's time that could be spent improving their jump shot or tightening up their handles. And so as I watched the sport and break down the movement mechanics on the court, I realized that basketball can be broken down into three broad categories. Offense, defense, and the transition between the two. Basically, drive, defend, and dominate. And so here it goes. Here's how I define the three levels of basketball training. Level one is drive. At the heart of any successful strength conditioning program is the athlete's internal drive to get better. Remember the quote, If you're not committed, I can't help you. But if you are committed, I can't stop you. Without that intrinsic motivation coming from the athlete, it doesn't matter how well designed my strength and conditioning program is. It's not going to help them reach their potential. And so that's why I start out each offseason sitting down one-on-one with my players and finding out what's their motivation in the weight room. What's one quality that we can improve through my training that will help them on the basketball court? And so I ask them a lot of questions, helping them discover on their own that the training we do in the weight room will impact their performance on the court. I ask them about their strengths on offense, how comfortable they feel driving to the hole or finishing at the rim. We talk about defense and their ability to stay in front of the defender or fight through picks. We talk about those loose ball scenarios and their ability to grab the basketball no matter where it is in space. And then I always tie it back to the weight room and how we're able to create that mobility or the strength or the power to be able to do those things. And one of the key concepts we talk about are transformational zones which is any zone of movement when you transform the load to the explode getting into the position and out of the position when the eccentric becomes a concentric when the movement in one direction changes directions a global example of this is jumping if i stand with my legs straight and try and jump i'm not going to get very high What I want to be able to do is squat a little bit and get in that transformational zone of when the squat going down transforms into the jump. And if you do it well, that lowering of the hips lengthens your muscles and turns on your proprioceptors and takes that stored elastic energy and transforms it from the load into the explode up. Now, the defensive stance is an example of a basketball-specific transformational zone And it's a lot different than a squat with a neutral stance that a weightlifter might use. Because basketball players need the mobility to get into a low stance with their feet out wide so they can move laterally. If their base is too narrow, they're going to be on ice skates. And so that wide stance is crucial. But think about it. As a basketball coach, how many times have you instructed a player to get lower and they just drop their shoulders down and the hips stay at the same height? And you say, no, get lower and so they just lower the chest even further down to the ground. It's frustrating as a coach to have players not listen. But then when I get that same player in the weight room and have them squat, I realize that it's not a lack of effort. It's actually a lack of mobility. It's a lack of being able to drive in basketball-specific transformational zones. And so that's why the foundation of all basketball training is drive. So as a basketball strength conditioning coach, my first job is to make sure that my players have the necessary mobility to get into those basketball transformational zones. Take a direct drive to the basket as an example. As my player gets down into that deep right foot forward lunge, in their ankle, they need mobility in all three planes. Because we know that left ankle is going through not just dorsiflexion, but calcaneal inversion and external rotation of the lower leg. And that back hip is not just going through extension, but it's going through abduction and internal rotation. And depending what direction you're driving, that thoracic spine is probably going through extension, lateral flexion, and rotation. And what I found is I've really slowed down and taken time to assess my athletes. It's actually alarming how many of them don't have the necessary range of motion to get into those positions. And that's going to equate to not only a loss of performance, but also increasing the chance of injury. And so that's why I spend the first 10 to 15 minutes of every workout having my players drive into those basketball-specific transformational zones, making sure that their ankles, hips, spines, and shoulders can move in all three planes of motion. And once they're able to do that, then we have to get to level two, which is their ability to defend and hold that space. Basically, we want to be able to give that position strength and endurance. And just like level one, drive, is a mindset, well so is level two. Matter of fact, I think defense is mostly mindset. It's that physical toughness to stay in a stance and fight through screens. And it's that mental toughness to never lose track of the ball or the person you're guarding. If you look at any successful strength program, they all start with the individual players' desire and drive to get better, Mixed with the toughness to keep going on even after the newness has worn off. And then it's my job as a strength coach. After I build mobility and take these athletes through new ranges of motion, I have to give them the strength to be able to hold those positions. It's really being able to get into that transformational zone and be able to move and operate there. So if drive is the mobility, then defend is really the stability. And I'm not talking about stability and stillness. Nobody needs strength or balance when they're standing still. We need strength on the basketball court when we're driving forward, backwards, left and right and rotating. You see, we really don't have to hold neutral, we have to move through neutral. And so that's why when you see my athletes doing things like lunge holds and planks, they're actually still moving. Picture this, I have an athlete on the ground in a plank push-up position. Now most coaches might say, now get that spine in neutral and see how still you can hold it. And while I think there might be some value to that, I think what's even more basketball specific is being able to drive through neutral in all three planes of motion. Because in the basketball court, my hips and my spine are going to have to flex and extend, ab and adduct, internally and externally rotate. You don't see our basketball players locked in a neutral spine on the court. They're not staying in neutral, they're flowing through neutral. And it's the same thing for balance. The idea of standing on one foot as still as you can might be useful to some people. But as basketball players, we're never on one foot in stillness. We have our hands and eyes moving in all three planes of direction to track the ball. Now if you want to see a good example of this, pop on hoopcommitment.com and check out some of my blog posts where you'll see the 3D side plank or the 3D balance series. These exercises are designed to build sports-specific balance and strength to the athlete. And so after you pass level 1, and you're able to drive into all the basketball-specific transformational zones, and you pass level 2, you have the strength to hold and defend those positions. Then you've earned the right to get to level 3, which is to dominate your space. You know, there are a lot of players that have that internal want or that drive to become better athletes, but very few of them make it to level three. And this is probably the level that most people think of when they think about basketball-specific strength conditioning. This is the plyometrics, the speed, reaction, quickness training. But just like the three levels of nutrition or just like the three levels of leadership, you can't do level three basketball training if you haven't passed level 1 and level 2, if you don't have the mobility and the stability to hold those sport-specific transformational zones. And so while level 1 might be considered the mobility of the movement and level 2 the stability or the strength of the movement, level 3, dominate, is the explosiveness of the movement. Things like box jumps and med ball tosses and snatches and cleans. And just like level 1 and level 2 are mindsets, When you make it to the third level of basketball training, you've earned the right to be confident because you put in the time, blood, sweat, and tears. There's nothing to fear anymore because you know what you're capable of. You know that you can dominate your space. And that's my favorite part of training is realizing that you could totally transform your game without even touching a basketball. Think about this as an example. Here's you at the start of the offseason. You can shoot, dribble, and pass at a certain level. And here's you at the end of the off-season, but now you're quicker, stronger, have better balance, faster reaction, can jump higher. It's a no-brainer who the better basketball player is. But remember, the end game in basketball is how well can you manage your body weight. And so all of those level 3 training exercises, whether you're using a barbell, dumbbell, kettlebells, or med balls, are all just means to an end. They're all just tools to help you perform better on the court. And one quote I learned from the Grain Institute has always stuck with me, which is, use the tool and don't let the tool use you. Anytime I get too excited about one piece of equipment and think it's the end-all be-all, I find myself being a little too short-sighted because there's no such thing as a bad exercise or a bad tool or the best exercise or the best tool it all comes down to what that player needs at that point in time. And those times will depend on whether you're in a drive, defend, or dominate phase. Am I looking to increase mobility so they can drive into basketball transformational zones? Or am I looking to improve stability and strength so they can hold those positions? Or has my athlete earned the right to be explosive in those movements so they can dominate their space? And so with all that being said, We don't get stronger in the weight room. We get stronger with good nutrition, recovery, and sleep. And so that's why I'm going to bring on experts in vision training, recovery modalities, technology, and sleep doctors to make sure that we're building the best athletes we can. And so that's why you don't want to miss next week, where my guest is Doug Gray, president of the Gray Institute. And if you haven't heard of the Gray Institute, they are the worldwide leaders in movement. And so if you want to learn about basketball-specific strength conditioning and movement mechanics from one of the brightest minds on earth, you have to check out next week. Now that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. And to all of you who have rated and subscribed to the podcast, it really, really does mean a lot. And to those of you with calendars on your wall, Well, go earn your X.